Warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 91st episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion, and it is now the month of March, so we are switching to a new whiskey this month. We decided in lieu of March being the month of St. Paddy's to stick with a good Irish theme. So we went with some Teeling small batch whiskey. Uh, Teeling is straight out of Dublin. They have been making, bottling, procuring, creating whiskey since 1782. Um, So the small batch that we got is pretty cool because after it's done becoming whiskey... They actually mature it for an additional six months in rum, old rum barrels. Yeah. So it's got a pretty unique flavor, which I, I thought, based on the color of it, it would be... I thought I cracked my glass oh, by doing when that. I toasted, yeah. but I didn't. Good. Um, I thought it would be darker. Yeah, I know. So did I. But it's lighter. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's really it's good. It's got a really good... Sometimes when you get whiskeys or bourbons and you smell them, you, you get just such a strong alcoholic... Mm-hmm. hit in the face that it burns your nose this one's not like that mm-hmm. it's very very smooth so i it need is. to i need to figure out what we're gonna do for our fun mixed drinks with it i know because mm-hmm. i think it'll be kind of neat mm-hmm. um but yeah, yeah it's, it's it's really really good and pretty affordable yeah oh yeah it is it's definitely affordable it's a good one and and that's one thing that we like to to do is to to drink stuff that you all are able to enjoy as well and not get something that's too expensive, yeah. But something that's really good, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, this is this is really good. It it uh, it almost it kind of tastes a little bit like a scotch. It's it's like it's a smoother, more mellow scotch type uh-huh. of flavor. Yeah, is what it reminds me of. Uh-huh. I don't think I think it smells like whiskey, not scotch. Yeah, but the flavor is different. Yeah, it's really really good. It's though. good. Uh huh. So and then um, if you since we are drinking it neat this week. If you haven't joined our Facebook speakeasy group, mm-hmm. go ahead and join it. We we posted another video of a, a different drink that we wanted to put out there for yeah. it's it a being, good Irish theme. Yeah, Irish or, type of drink. Yeah, um, St. Patty's Month. Yeah, so join the speakeasy group. Check out the video for that. It's a shot. It's not an actual drink this time, mm-hmm. um, but it's a really really good shot. Yeah, so it's super smooth. It is. Even if you're like, I don't like shots. You will like this shot. Uh, you will. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, for sure. So today we are going to be talking about if love is blind. Mm-hmm. And so not so much in the sense that, because most of the time when you when you hear that term, you think that, you know, a, a person is basically being walked on in their relationship mm-hmm. and they can't see past... It, yeah, we typically mean it like like someone has blinders on in their relationship where they're not they're purposely or or you know maybe not so purposely seeing the bad things in the relationship or looking past them. No, yeah, they're only looking at the good things. Yeah, I guess. so we don't mean it in that manner. No. That's a whole different argument. Yeah, uh, we yeah. really mean it for the face value of of like uh, actual physical looks. Yeah, physical attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
but but the actual yeah mm-hmm. yeah so but before we get started with that seth has his positive ass post of the week this is not that positive <laughs> but it's not a dumb ass post either uh-uh. um I, I thought it was just kind of fitting for what we're going to talk about i think it may I, I guess i think i would initially kind of say it sets the tone but it's not really the tone but it if this offends you, then you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about it. <laughs> I had a whole mouthful of whiskey. Other whiskey. Uh, okay, so this one is, ugly people settle for someone, while good-looking people actually try to find someone they will never leave. I liked this one because for the mere fact that it's different than all of the bullshit, subtle nice little posts about find someone that you're emotionally connected to because beauty fades Mm -hmm. because that's those are a dime a dozen you can find those everywhere but finding one you know finding this thorn in that bed of roses was fun (laughs) yeah you know i know i know and and that's funny like that the saying that you just said the beauty fades stuff like okay we we understand that you need an emotional connection with someone, but... A good sexual emotional connection. <laughs> but you also... <laughs> I mean, let's all be honest. You... Everybody... You see someone and you find them attractive. And that's mm-hmm. the first thing that you notice about someone. Yeah. And so... Typically. Yeah. Until you share I know. what you're about to share. <laughs> yeah. So with the reason why we wanted to do this episode, uh, I think we've kind of wanted to do something pretty similar to this, mm-hmm. um, but we really didn't know how to like word the the title or mm-hmm. how to even like bring it up. Yeah, because we've thought about this before, mm-hmm. not necessarily exactly this same scenario. Well, yeah, be- because of the complete utter downplay that you see now of everybody really just trying to convince everyone that physical attractiveness is not important. It Not only is it not important, but it should not even be on your list as to why you end up with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And spoiler alert, physically attractive people are not the ones that came up with this theory. <laughs> I'm not going to say who did, <laughs> but it was not that group. <laughs> You're funny. But... So yeah, we wanted, we've been wanting to talk about this, but couldn't really figure out like how to even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because Seth was out of town this week, and uh, you know usually when he goes out of town, uh, I watch some shows that he may not like or I consider girly or or whatever. And uh, or me and his mom usually watch shows together. And uh, my sister texts me and she's like, hey, have you watched that new show on Netflix called Love is Blind? And I was like, no, I saw it on there and I I didn't really, I didn't really know too much about it. And so I just threw it on. I was like, okay, sure, I'll watch it. And uh, so I start watching it and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And (laughs) just all these little things that I was like, well, I think this would be a good way to, to bring all of this stuff up. So the base, um, the basic premise, I guess, of the show is that all there's all of these single people, and there's 
men put into like their own little house type thing Mm -hmm. and women put in their own house and then they kind of meet in the middle in these pods but the thing is in these pods they can't see each other Mm -hmm. they can only hear each other and and so when you're their their whole thing is it's this it's a experiment and they are trying to find out if you can build that a strong enough connection yeah strong enough foundation emotionally mm-hmm. once you see each other and meet face to face is that strong emotional connection enough to hold the relationship strong and i th- think that their experiment would have been better off if they had actually chosen unattractive people. Yeah, maybe. In that as well. Yeah. Because I think after what I didn't watch the episodes, uh-huh. but after watching the trailer last mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't one that was like on either guys or girls was like, "Oh yeah, they're they're an uggo." Yeah, no. They were all like so they're good-looking people. I'm still kind of like, "Well, what the hell's the point?" Yeah. That if if you know you're going to be guaranteed to you know, end up paired up with someone that's a, you know, seven or eight or nine, what's the real risk, you know, for either sex? Uh Um, So I think it would have been, I think they should have had a couple of curveballs in there or butter balls. I don't know what you'd call them. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) But but have, have some, have that, the X factor in there that's, that, you know, somebody that, you know, was extremely personable extremely sweet extremely genuine and sincere and could develop really good emotional connections with people but then we're complete lacking on the physical attractiveness piece i know just to really see is this theory correct because when you say that oh yeah i i there was you know all these guys were sevens or eights and we connected so emotionally i'm going with the seven that's not exactly settling (laughs) yeah and it doesn't really prove the point Right, I know, I I get that, but like, even in the show with these people like being good looking, the there was some of them where the woman actually didn't like what she saw when she actually met the dude, mm-hmm. and um, you know, even with him being a a seven, mm-hmm. you know. He was too short. Yeah. had a quality that she didn't find attractive. Right. And it wasn't that he was bad looking, but he just wasn't good looking enough for her. Well, and we all, we all have our, our own factors of what makes someone attractive mm-hmm. of the opposite or same sex. We, we know, we have that mental, I don't know if you call it a checklist, but we just, we all kind of fire on different cylinders as far as, God, I'm getting hiccups, as far as what, what is attractive to you. But we're at a point where it's almost like, no, you're not allowed to have that anymore. This has, you have to say that this is attractive, even if you don't think it is. And if you don't think it is, then you're something really wrong with you. You're you're mean, or you're a bigot, or you're sexist, or you're racist, or whatever they want to throw in there. Do you think that's what it is? I mean, because I think that I, I I think that race would probably be mainly for both men and women. But I mm-hmm. honestly think that men are more told to are told more 
the they need to find this certain woman yeah. body type something yeah. like that attractive yeah and, and women aren't necessarily told the same thing right uh-huh. women aren't told that you know you need to not you know five foot seven is just as attractive as six foot one mm-hmm. and and they're allowed women are allowed to say well I don't want to date anybody that's not six foot one or taller mm-hmm. but men aren't allowed to say well I don't want to date anybody that's more than 130 pounds mm-hmm. they're not allowed to say that but once again, you are allowed to have whatever opinion or perception of beauty that you find attractive. Yeah. That, that's fine. And, and it becomes extremely hypocritical on both sides of what you can get away with saying is attractive and what you can get away with by saying is unattractive mm-hmm. to you. To you. I mean, you, you, you have your own personal opinion and preference of... Of, of what that beauty is. I mean, you know, I've said it on here before that beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but so is ugliness. Mm-hmm. You know, don't tell me what I think's ugly. Yeah. I won't tell you what you think is beautiful. I'll tell you what I think's beautiful and what I think's ugly, mm-hmm. and that may not be the same as what you feel. But I don't have to adopt your standard of what's attractive or what's unattractive. Mm-hmm. Only I have to live with that. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, who cares? You know, I know. And I thought, I found it funny, like throughout the. Throughout the thing, it, it hasn't. I don't think it's finished yet. At least I am haven't finished the entire thing yet either. But um, I found it funny that like with uh, you know, because you you hear all the time. It just seems like more people have have always thought that men are more shallow mm-hmm. with that type of stuff. With uh, you know, just just wanting someone that's good looking mm-hmm. and maybe it's maybe it doesn't matter as much to the guys maybe the woman's face or something and they more so care about not not even that i was gonna say more so the body but anyway with the woman i think that with watching this i think that women are a lot more shallow than men are and as much as a woman, as as much as women will probably be like, no, that's that's not true. Mm-hmm. That, you're wrong. I I don't think that I'm wrong. I think that that's what it is. I think that we as women we want to to believe that we would fall for this guy that was a six or something, mm-hmm. but we had a strong emotional connection. And that that would be enough. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you you have to be physically attracted to someone. Mm-hmm. And even us women, <laughs> I think with us women, I think we're worse than men are with that. Well, and it's so with that, though, you remember the episode we did on the qualities that men and women look for? Yeah. The men's qualities was still way more heavily on looks than the women. That's true. So is the assumption then that... No, but I think women are lying in the Okay, so that's where I was going. I think women say what they want men to say about them. Yeah. But they don't really mean it. I think both sexes have the exact same intent, Uh but men are more quickly to be like, oh, this is what I find attractive, and just be honest about it. Uh But women... Women are smarter uh-huh. than men, 
And they know, and I don't think they do it to be deceitful intentionally or maliciously or, or there's any type of insidious thought process behind it, but I think that a woman knows that, well, I, I can't lead off with physical attractiveness as the most beneficial piece or weight or anything like that because if I gain weight or I'm bigger or I'm not as attractive, I need to make sure that that's not the top of my list that I actually put out there. Mm-hmm. Even though I'll know in my mind it is, so I'm going to go ahead and say that well, it's, it's a sense of humor. It's a sense of self. It's confidence. Oh, and way down here's looks. Mm-hmm. But obviously, based on this show, you could have you know, a list of 10 things that you find value in a partner if the partner had nine of them except the one physical characteristic that that woman thought was attractive. Those other nine don't matter for shit. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. And that... That's okay. Once again, I don't think that's I don't think that's shallow. I don't think any of it's shallow. I think shallow is shallow is a term that we have started to use to try to make somebody feel bad for having a standard of beauty uh-huh. that they don't want to settle past. Uh-huh. And people that don't meet that standard want to label people as shallow that yeah. do hold their hold that standard. I know. And we all have different standards in life. It's not just around physical attractiveness. It's with everything. Some of us are going to put up with way more shit than others are. Uh-huh. Some of us are going to, you know, be more disciplined in certain aspects of our lives than others. We just have different standards all over the board. And it's not fair for everybody to start assuming or trying to impose one set standard for what we all should find attractive. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was the original argument from women against, like, Cosmos and Sports Illustrateds and quit trying to tell everybody that that's attractive. Well, it wasn't Sports Illustrated trying to tell everybody that was attractive. That was universally renowned from male perspective. That is attractive. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something, you know, that was manufactured to say this isn't really attractive, but we're going to make you think it's attractive. But that's where we're at now Mm -hmm. is this manufactured of this this lower level of unattractiveness that we are now being force-fed, and if you don't admit that they're attractive, you're the asshole. Yeah. When I just say to each his own Uh and find what you find attractive and find what you find ugly and just get over it. I know. Yeah, I know. That's so true. And just pair up with somebody that has the same levels of attractiveness standards as you. Yeah. Hopefully you meet theirs and hopefully they meet yours and... Well, that's, that's it. Where, yeah, that's where it's going to be the best. Yeah. Because not everybody thinks the same person is People can't attractive. even agree if a dress is blue or gold. I, and you expect the entire population to agree what height is more attractive than the other, or what body weight is more attractive than the other, what hair color is more attractive than the other, or somebody having a beard or not having a beard, or not having hair and having hair, or uh-huh. having big boobs or smaller boobs, or having a big butt or no butt. I mean... There's so many different facets out there that people can be attracted to. Yeah. So just let them be attracted to it. I know. Uh-huh. But the point behind that is whatever your level of attractiveness is, that is a huge... Not, not, not how attractive you are, but your standard of this is what I find attractive. In your box of this is what I find attractive, that has to be a key piece in... Your relationship. Mm-hmm. You have to be attracted to them. But that, and that's where this show and these other thought processes come out is people trying to say, well, that's, that's not that important. Mm-hmm. And we are saying, no, it, it is, is very important. important. We yeah. aren't saying that on the, on the 
inefficient or unfair scale of one to ten beauty. We're not saying that. We're saying your definition of what you find attractive. Yeah. Uh huh. Exactly. Stick to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and don't don't feel like you have to settle mm-hmm. too. And I think that like with with the show, it was it was it was super interesting just watching it all play out, and then um, seeing these these people fall for each other, like in this pod without seeing each mm-hmm. other. And some people, you know, they were, um, different races and the one, there was a black woman on there and she was like, I've only dated black men. And now I've met my love of my life mm-hmm. and he's a white man. Right. And how is this going to be? In the real world, mm-hmm. you know, how is he going to, how is he going to respond to the friends that I have? And she's like, I'm a black woman and I believe in, um, you know, standing up for the black people. And this is, she's like, and all of my friends know this. And I think that once they, they find out that I'm marrying a white guy, they're going to be like, what? Mm-hmm. You? You're wearing, mar- marrying a white guy. Well, that was another thing you just said married, but you didn't cover that they had to propose. Oh, I know. Yeah. So yeah, at, at the in the pod, they had to propose to their the love of their life before they were able to meet them, mm-hmm. and so they fall in they fell in love, and they with this emotional connection, and they're like, well, why wouldn't I? take this risk because this is it it isn't a risk when i love this person already Mm -hmm. emotionally and we have this huge connection that they felt was stronger yeah than any type of physical piece that they could have Mm -hmm. and so yeah but like it was kind of funny watching it because the you're like oh my gosh they've only been on three quote-unquote dates and they haven't seen each other, mm-hmm. but they're already telling each other that they love yeah, each they other. Love each other. Yeah. And then like, and then you're like, oh my gosh, he's already proposing. Right. <laughs> what? And it's only been like five days or three days. Like, wow. And, you know, I guess, you know, people can say, well, when you know, you know, but mm-hmm. do you really, yeah. <laughs> do you really know? Cause once you meet and. And if that physical attraction isn't there, mm-hmm. then what? Right. Then you do look like a shallow mm-hmm. asshole or bitch. Right. Um, and that's what happened. Oh, yeah. That's what happened with definitely with one of them. Mm-hmm. And part, part of me with, with this one girl, because uh, she, was, she was really liking this one guy. And he was like, you know, in... For, like, everything listed that he liked and she liked, like, they definitely met, like, Mm -hmm. everything. And then there was this other dude that was, like, kind of douchey, you know? And he just kind of uh, gave off this vibe that, I don't know, I I wouldn't say, like, a bad boy Mm -hmm. vibe, but definitely... Kind of a douchebag. Yeah, a douche. And... Uh, so she ended up like falling for him, but then he was falling for two other girls, and he he ended up telling 
the... Well, she ended up telling the nice guy. Yeah. Oh, I don't want... No, yeah, I think I'm I falling know. for someone else and this and that. And Crushed him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what the hell? Like, that sucks. So then she tries to, like, get the douchebag dude to propose to her. And he's like, no, I don't want to propose to you. I'm, mm-hmm. I think I'm falling for one of two other girls. And, uh, and so then he... Um, so, yeah. So then she was like, well really upset crying and everything because of this because of that and then so she goes back to the nice guy and is like hey you know i he doesn't want me and (laughs) and this i'm like what the hell no don't take her back because you know you don't want to be you'll always know that you were second on her yep her list goes back to our conversation from last week nice guys finish last yeah i know (laughs) so So anyway, so yeah, so she ends up with the nice guy Mm -hmm. and meets him. And he, like I said, none of these people were bad looking. And, but for some reason, he wasn't good looking to her. Mm -hmm. And then they all meet everybody and she sees the douchebaggy dude and she's like, fuck, he's hot. Mm -hmm. I like him. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, chick. Yeah. Like, but, you know, you get mad at her on the show, kind of, because you're like, you're a fucking idiot. But then you, at the same time, at least for me, you kind of can't blame her mm-hmm. because... It's her taste. Yeah, and that's what okay. What she finds attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that one of the things that... That I I just I don't understand why people go there and why this is such a big argument from that perspective. But people even like going behind the with the intent behind the show was get to know the real person, get to know who they are, um, who the real person is, not not because of their appearance or the color of their skin or or their attractiveness or whatever. Get to know the real them. And I don't like how people just discount what somebody looks like. Mm -hmm. Because who you, what you look like is a big part of who you are. Mm -hmm. It's not, people want to pretend and act like it's not. Like, oh, I'm me if I don't look like this. Well, that's not true. I acted differently when I was scrawny. Mm -hmm. Every guy does. Any guy that was super skinny and scrawny and felt weak, once they don't feel that way, they don't act the same way. Mm-hmm. The girl that is overweight and hides in the corner and wears the big baggy clothes and tries to bury herself in her jackets and stuff, once she loses weight and slims down and feels like she looks really hot, she doesn't act the same way. No, she... Yeah. How you look... You have confidence. Yeah. Uh-huh. How you look is a big part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And the argument on that side is... It doesn't matter. And, and it's really based on this this A to B timeline that all things equal, we're all going to be ugly someday. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think that's necessarily true either. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be an ugly wo- old woman. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to be an ugly old man. I think that a lot of that's, I mean, yeah, people age. But there right. are plenty of older people that have aged very well. Yeah. I mean... Not every 60-some-year-old looks like Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Not every 70-some-year-old woman looks like Helen Mirren. <laughs> but I would venture to say those women took better care of themselves than most. Uh-huh. You know? It's uh-huh. the same thing we see with guys. I mean, we got that guy at our gym that 
you know, he stands up straight, great posture, older guy, full gray head of hair. Mm-hmm. And there's another guy that's actually 10 years younger than him that's all hunched over and, yeah. you know, and can barely get around. So I think your future looks, we don't know exactly how you're going to look. Mm-hmm. But if you take care of yourself, chances are you're probably going to be a little more attractive than yeah. the typical wrinkly old, can't get around type of person. Mm-hmm. So, but people want to assume that, well, none of that's going to matter at some point in time anyway, mm-hmm. which I still think is is fairly debatable. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a horrible argument to even have on on why you want to completely discount someone's attractiveness. And then the other flip side of that that just absolutely pisses me off is this movement that you have to be unattractive to be smart or you have to be unattractive to be a good person mm-hmm. or you have to be unattractive to have a big heart. That there's now this this argument or statements out there that are basically saying that oh if you're good looking then you're you're stupid and you're mean and you don't have a heart and you're not giving and you can't carry on a conversation and mm-hmm. you're not intellectual and that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people that can fully do both. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I mean, it, is that really what the quote unquote unattractive population really wants to be? Is for all the attractive people, like, yeah, you know what, you ugly as shit, man, you got a big old heart. <laughs> I mean, is that really what you want? The is that the admittance that you're wanting? I know. I, I guess I don't understand the point. I of know, it. yeah, because you wouldn't want to to hear that. Yeah. Do, are you? Do you really want to to hear that you? Oh well, you know, it, it's okay because you know you don't have to to look pretty. Because you have the biggest heart of gold, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that person is gonna still feel like shit. Well, it's, it's equally offensive to be like, oh, you don't have to be smart because you're just so pretty. Oh, I know, yeah, you know, uh huh. I mean, it's I know. well, I know because like because I think that women get that a lot because like, oh, well, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about getting yeah. a finding a career or something mm-hmm. because. You can find a man that'll take care of you. Right, yeah. Because you're good looking enough that you don't ever have to work. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I don't ever know if that's a compliment or a, or it's, a dig. I think it's like a, a backhanded compliment, kind yeah. of. So I would just be like, you're right. Yeah. I don't. I know. So how's your job going? <laughs> right. That's funny. Um, but I, I think that even the, the intent behind the argument is just like, okay, well... What do you want the con- the concession to be from the other side? Mm-hmm. And that, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but shows like this or or these, these kind of faux, deep-rooted value type of pep talks that people want to give about inner beauty and um, beauty fades and it's what's on the inside that counts and all that stuff. I'm not disagreeing that any of that stuff's true or not true. Mm-hmm. I think that all of that stuff is probably pretty valued. Yes, beauty does fade. No Mm -hmm. shit. Yes, you should have a big heart. Yes, you should be kind. Yes, you should be caring. But you can be attractive and do all of those things as well. Yeah. You don't have to pick one or the other. Uh And that's where it just starts to get irritating. You you can pick a partner that has both. And and you're you're attractive. Yeah, your your level, your standard of attractiveness. Yeah, like what you feel is attractive, you can have someone that attractive and you can have someone that is nice and going to treat you well Mm -hmm. and 
is smart. Well, you know, in my car analogy. Yeah, I love this one. When, you know, my right now, it, it's going to happen. I'm just, we're kind of pacing ourselves for it. But my dream car at the moment is a wide body scat pack purple Dodge Challenger. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want it to have the wide body. I want it to be purple. I want it to have the racing pack with it. I want it to have the black leather interior with the black rims. I mean, I, I want a very specific type of vehicle. Now, if I get a call from the car dealership and they say, Hey, Seth, we've got this wide body scat pack in here. It's got the engine you want. It's got the exhaust you want. It's got the wheels you want. The interior is immaculate. Never been driven. It has everything you want. And it's priced. It's priced lower than you wanted to pay. Mm-hmm. But it's white. I'm not getting that car. Mm-hmm. If somebody called me and said, hey, Seth, we've got this. It's not the Scat Pack, but it is a Hellcat model. It's purple. It's got the interior. You're going to have to get some new rims for it. I'll get it because it's purple. The exterior looks the way that I want it to look. Mm-hmm. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's where I'm seeing the value in the vehicle at mm-hmm. this moment in time. Now, to me, that's the car I want. Now, if Mr. Ford Mustang over here gets a beautiful Ford Mustang with everything that they want, and they show up with it, and they're like, well, I think this is the most beautiful car. Well, you're a Ford guy. Yeah. You're allowed to have that opinion. Mm-hmm. You can't expect me to like your beautiful Ford the same way I like my beautiful Dodge Challenger, but if vehicle buyer number three, who is some person that decides based on the money in their account that the nicest car they can get is a brown Ford Pinto, they are, you are not allowed to come to myself or the Mustang guy and say, well, this is the best car around. No, it doesn't look that great. No, it doesn't drive that great. Um, but it's the best one around. And you have to tell me that, that my is. Ford Pinto is not just as good looking as your Challenger or your Mustang, but better looking. <laughs> That's the same thing we're dealing with, with the asinine idiocy that is behind what we're supposed to say is attractive and what's not. I know. People have different tastes. Yeah, People and have- that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly okay. So another thing about the show that I found interesting is, you know, some some of the people, they really did find each other attractive mm-hmm. once they did meet. And, and you could really tell. Uh, and so the first night that they were all together um, by themselves, they, uh, some of them, you know, were all over, over each other kissing. And, and then, you know, they ended up having sex. And then others were like, well, I, I just want to take it slow. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, you have to understand that, which I, I understand, like, yeah, you just met. Mm-hmm. But if you have that connection. Yeah, if it was oh so powerful. Uh-huh, then you would have that. You're not allowed to rush to get to know each other and get engaged in a week and then say you want to take it slow I know. when it comes to sex. That's I not know. allowed. Yeah. So, And you could really tell that the people that didn't want to have sex with each other, they weren't attracted to yeah. that person. And sexual attraction and having sex with your partner is so freaking important. Mm-hmm. And... If you're not, especially if you're not wanting to 
wanting to have sex in the beginning. That's a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. Well, what, you know, what's wrong with me? And we've had friends that have dealt with this too, you know, in their relationship and have not found their partner as sexually attractive or compatible with them as maybe one of their exes. Mm -hmm. And And it always ends badly. Yeah. You people assume that 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 deep connection is gonna be so powerful that over time that will manifest itself to make you want to have sex with this person on a regular basis and that your emotional connection will somehow translate into physical attractiveness and desire and passion and a healthy sex life and all the stuff that we tell you should be valuable in your relationship. They think that if that emotional connection is deep enough, that stuff will come. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it does for one partner, yeah, but not the other. Uh-huh. And... You know, like you were saying, we've seen it firsthand where somebody will find a partner that in this checklist out of 10 must-haves, they have nine, and the one they don't have is the one piece that will make them desirable and sexually attractive to their partner. And so the partner says, well, you know what? I'm going to look like a complete asshole if I don't move forward with this because on paper, they're the perfect partner. It's everything I want in somebody except this one thing. Mm -hmm. And then they move forward, and they regret it. I mean, just... Today, we went vehicle shopping. Yeah. And we're in the process of of potentially buying a new pickup truck. Mm -hmm. And we test drove this one that was black, had everything in it that we needed in the vehicle. Um, We didn't notice before we started test driving something, but after we got back, we looked, and there was a big dent in the tailgate. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get a damaged car. Yeah. You know? And, And so... Some people will say, well, it's just a dent. Go take it somewhere and get it fixed. Uh And and that's fine. If that's how you want to handle it, I'm not going to tell you not to do that. But I'm not spending that amount of money on a car that's dented. Mm -hmm. You know? Now, if they want to fix it for me and I can drive it off a lot fixed, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I'm not buying something knowing that aesthetically and visually there's something wrong with it that I don't find as appealing as if it was not dented and messed up. Yeah. I know. Well, and this is a vehicle. Yeah. And this is something, uh, you know, a vehicle. Yeah, you're going to have it for a long time. And that is the difference. I could go get that vehicle fixed and it would look exactly the way I want. You but, can't do that with your partner. I, that's <laughs> you true. pick somebody ugly, I mean, aside from sending them through plastic surgery. Yeah, telling them you need to get plastic surgery to look exactly like this. But yeah, that's a a vehicle where you only will have it for, you know, not your whole yeah. life. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And your partner, you do have to have for your whole life. At least you should strive for that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to... You only have one chance, well, most of the time, to pick the right partner and pick exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's okay to be picky. Yeah. We, we all have stuff on our, on our checklist. And it's okay to... To make sure that your new partner has every single thing that you want. Mm -hmm. And your checklist is allowed to change. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to keep using the car example, but (laughs) it's okay. As you you mature or you get exposed to other things, your tastes can change. Uh Uh-huh. I know. I know there's some people that, you know, their dream car when they were 14 years old is still their dream car today. 
Mm-hmm. Go get that dream car. Yeah. But sometimes, maybe when you were 14 or 15 years old, your dream car was a, a Geo. <laughs> and you just had to have a, a black and turquoise Geo. Uh-huh. And now you wouldn't get caught dead driving a Geo. Yeah. You know? I know. What was the little what was the little weird ugly Jeep things? I thought they were really cool at the time. I don't know. They were like the Jeep version of a Geo. Um, cuz I really wanted one. And I'm so glad I never got one. Really? I don't know. Yeah, God, I guess I can remember I don't what those remember. were called. It wasn't the Amigo, it was something else. Uh Um, but anyway, I wouldn't want that vehicle uh-huh. today. Yeah. You know? I know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, you're allowed to... Well, and I think that even, like, with me, with, like, um, you, I mean, you were someone that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that I would have dated somebody like you, and I think that my taste changed as, as time, as I got older, you know? It was like, I, I always dated... I guess short Hispanic dudes, you know, <laughs> and and then I and then I get with a white guy, and like my sister's like, oh wow, like you're with a white guy, mm-hmm. and it was funny because usually she was she was attracted to the white guys, mm-hmm. and then she ended up with the Mexican guy, right? And I'm like, that's that's weird, but your your taste is able, you are able to change your taste, and that's okay, um, but. I don't know. I mean, figure out what you want. But one thing that I, I wanted to say, like, so the um, going going back, I guess, to the um, to the race thing with mm-hmm. with the the couples in the pod and all that. Well, so the white guy and the black girl, um, you know, he they all had to meet each other's parents mm-hmm. and stuff. And her mom was fine with with him, and she's like, I just wonder how her dad is going to react right? You know, to this. And her dad was like, you know, raised in a different era, and, um, you know, didn't, wasn't, she said, you know, he's not, he's not racist towards white people, but I know that he would have never pictured, well, let alone, so she didn't have, um... She'd never introduced any of her boyfriends to her parents. Oh, okay. And then the first... Once they meet is a white guy. That's now her fiancé. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I mean, these things are... I mean, I'm, she's like, I fell for him for who he is. Mm-hmm. For who he is as a person, not how he looked. Because I didn't know how he looked. And, but I I think like, even with that, like, if she would have seen him, would she have given him a chance Mm -hmm. before? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's, I I put that in the same category. I know race is different than height, but I put that in the same category as women that are like, I'm not even going to mess around with a guy that's not six foot one. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what you're missing out on. Mm -hmm. But... If you don't find someone of a certain height or a certain weight or a certain build or even a certain color attractive, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And and that's something that she's going to have to – either she is over it Mm -hmm. and she is attracted to him no matter what his skin color is, which is fine. Mm -hmm. 
or she's not, and she's trying to convince herself that everything else means more than how he looks. Mm-hmm. And it just seems a little more touchy because it is a race thing. I know. But if... It, it, take that in a different context. If it wasn't race, if she had said, well, I've, you know, my whole family's really tall. I've never dated any guy shorter than 6'2". Mm-hmm. It, it hasn't happened. I've never brought a guy that's shorter than 6'2". Home. My, my dad would throw a fit and be like, why are you with this little smurf shrimpy dude? Mm-hmm. What's he, you know what your kids are going to look like? They're going to be all short. They can't play basketball. We're a basketball family. What the hell are you doing dating some short dude? You know, is yeah. that, is that okay to be like, well, you know, I just... Just not attracted to somebody that short, and it's it's okay to say that for some reason it gets real touchy when you want to throw a race in there. But I still think at the end of the day, dang it! <laughs> I read the other day that one of the most whitest things that someone can say is at the end of the day, <laughs> and I just used it when I was talking about race, <laughs> and that's not good. I'm trying to be less white, and I can't believe I let that slip out. You're not supposed to stay at the end of the day. That's a total white white thing to say. That's funny. With that being said, <laughs> that's way more white. It is. That is way more white sounding. It is. But, you know, I, I think that you're still allowed to say, this is what I find visually appealing. Mm-hmm. Is there some give and take in there? You have to decide that for yourself. Nobody else can tell you what you should give or take or bend in your own standards. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to risk not being with someone great emotionally because of how they look physically, you need to also assume the same risk that I'm going to accept someone that I am compatible with on an emotional level, but I am sacrificing the physical attractiveness piece. Mm -hmm. Or you don't sacrifice either and just get someone that meets all your criteria. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And shop around a little more. Yes. People act like they don't exist. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. know. Yeah. So, um, I know we were talking about like with them being in the, this actual pod and being, um, like having to just hear someone's voice mm-hmm. and because when you, when you hear someone's voice, you hear them on the phone or whatever and you picture you, you can't help but picture someone in your head mm-hmm. and then I mean, I think I've done it before where, you know, you, you, you picture that voice and then you're like, you meet them and you're like, that doesn't match their voice. I would have never thought that that was what you look like. And, and I think that like with, with that, I think that, uh, it, it makes it kind of, I think it makes it tough really for, for these people to, to like meet this person that they thought that they fell in love with Mm -hmm. and then they had this picture in their head a very strong even if they said that they they didn't you know Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know yeah i don't know what i pictured Mm -hmm. yeah you do yeah you pictured something Mm -hmm. you had to have all of us do that well that's that's a a a funny scenario too because You know, people, some people's voices are soothing. Some people's voices sound attractive. Yeah. Some people's voices immediately draw a mental picture in your head of what you assume that the body, face, and visual piece attached to that voice would look like, just like you said. None of us, if the voice is decent and 
you know, not monotone. Not, I mean, if I had never seen what Seth Rogen looked like and he started talking and I heard him, I would picture exactly what Seth Rogen looks like. <laughs> yeah. He's got that type of voice. That it's not an attractive voice. <laughs> it, you know, is kind of goofy and funny and that's mm-hmm. exactly how he looks. Yeah. That's how I would picture him. Mm-hmm. Very rarely... Does someone have this? I mean, Gilbert Gottfried. If I'd never oh, seen what Gilbert gosh. Gottfried looked like, I would know exactly what he looked like just by hearing his voice. Uh-huh. But the same thing can be said for very attractive voices, uh-huh. or soothing voices, or, or voices that you know put on some kind of audio stimulus in your mind. But if you hear something where the voice is attractive, you're immediately not drawing some ugly troll baby looking creature in your head Mm -hmm. of who could be attached to that voice because that's your own mind telling you how important physical attractiveness is based on the audio stimulus you're getting from somebody Mm -hmm. oh i know well i know and and even like with uh unattractive voices like um i was just thinking like someone that smokes Mm -hmm. and you could you could hear it in their voice you really can and you automatically just think like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. well, I don't know, maybe maybe smokers don't think that, but I do. Yeah. And you think, Ugh, yeah. I mean, you picture like you know exactly how they smell. Is, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know how they probably laugh. You know that they probably have more wrinkles. Or they and that they cough. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> you immediately draw this this awful scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what happens though. But. I, uh, you were saying something like that, you know, if you picture, you picture this, you know, pretty woman or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you meet her and you're like, oh, like that's, that's what you, that's what you look like. Yeah. But uh, another thing uh, that Seth um, was telling me, he was like, what if this whole, you know, uh, same type of experiment. Yeah. Experiment was, uh, you know, changed up a bit. And, you know, you got to know this person and, you know, you fell in love with them. And then you introduce them to a whole set of men or women. And you're like... You're, you're not explaining okay, my go scenario ahead. You, good you, enough. You, you, so, same premise. <laughs> you, have, you have a girl that is middle of the road attractive. She's not ugly. She's not gorgeous. But she's attractive enough. She is talking to this guy who is equally middle of the road. We'll Mm -hmm. say that. He's exactly the same attractive level as she is on the scale of attractiveness being equal. They have a great emotional connection. They have a great conversation together. They, They connect and their cylinders are firing on all the same signals on this connection. It has nothing to do with physical attractiveness, physicality, sexuality, or anything at all. Not that you can't develop desire based on conversation without seeing somebody, because I think you still could, initially. Mm-hmm. And then, after they develop this connection for a month or whatever the time frame is, you say, okay, now you're going to meet the person that you've fallen in love with by talking with them. And you bring middle-of-the-road middle attractive guy out, but you also have five other men that are way better looking than him on the stage. And none of them are allowed to speak. And you ask the girl, pick which one of these men you want to be the person you've been connecting to. Even a middle-of-the-world girl probably won't pick the most attractive guy because 
there will be some self-doubt and some confidence issues that's like, there's no way it's that guy. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to pick the ugliest guy standing up there either, even if he's not that ugly. Mm-hmm. But now that middle-of-the-road five or six guy, when he's compared to eights and nines, is not very attractive. And that girl is not going to pick the guy based on looks. She's going to pick someone that the new middle-of-the-road, mm-hmm. which is an eight yeah. or seven, mm-hmm. or somebody more attractive. Yeah. Because that's who she would want to match the connection physically. I know. Yeah. I know. I, and I thought that that was, I thought that was really interesting. And I mean, because I even look at myself when, whenever you and I got together... And I was not, I mean, I guess, you know, you, you've always said that, you know, I had a pretty face or whatever, but mm-hmm. I wasn't, I don't think I was anything to write home about. <laughs> and like, I, I think that I definitely won in my situation because I don't think that I wouldn't have dated a guy that was equally attractive as me i wanted someone that was better looking and you didn't get that no i didn't no that's what i'm saying i got someone i'm not sure how you won in this because it sounds like i'm losing no i'm saying that i won because i won a guy that was really good looking when i was you know a six or whatever well i don't think i was that good looking anyway and i sure as hell didn't feel like it well i thought you were but I think we're we're different because we Im- we improved together. Yeah, I know. So we're I don't know. I think that. Oh, well, and I think we've said it before. Makes the story a little different because we have because our that says more like that gives us a little bit of credit mm-hmm. like because we both I guess found each other when we weren't as we we were kind of down in the dumps. Well, I, th- I think connection and falling for someone's easier in a vacuum. I know, and that's what you were saying, too. And I think that's how it is with these, with these, these couples. That mm-hmm. When you don't have outside influences and you're in a vacuum and there is no competition, for the most part, until you see where there was competition, mm-hmm. it was easy to kind of stay focused and stay connected in that vacuum. But once you, once you take the lid off of that and you start opening up other stuff... It becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you take, I don't even want to give another story with it, but I, you know, I think that that's one of the things that makes these shows just completely preposterous. Is it's all it's controlled. It's a controlled environment, mm-hmm. and so you can you can predict with pretty good accuracy what the results are going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter what the players are, no matter what the factors they bring, if you control it to a certain point. You're going to be right more times than not. Well, I thought that it was funny when they introduced all of the couples to get, like, to everybody. I thought that, because I was like, why would they do that? Like, Mm -hmm. who cares? Who cares what the other people, who, why would. But you can't, then you you have to throw that in there because you you can't say love is blind Mm -hmm. and pretend that everybody's really blind and then not expose what it's really like when they can see. I know. Love is only blind to blind people. Mm-hmm. They've never seen anybody mm-hmm. and never will, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But for those of us that aren't blind, you can't just discount the physical as- or the visual aspect of your partner. Yeah. You know? I know. 
And you can't, anybody that's getting upset about this or getting angry or <laughs> thinking we're shallow, you better have never, ever, ever, ever have fucking taken a photo of yourself trying to make yourself look more attractive than you really are. Yeah, posing Because a if you've way. ever done that, if you've mm-hmm. posed from the side to, to try to hide how big you may be, if you're taking a photo, sticking your neck out like a turtle to try to hold your triple chin, hide, hide your triple chins, if you're using filters to hide your leather skin or whatever it is you're doing, don't look at me like I'm the bad guy because you're a big fucking hypocrite if mm-hmm. you get irritated at that. Yeah. You're doing the same fucking thing. You want people to think you look a certain way. You are admitting that physical attractiveness is very important. Otherwise, you wouldn't take the same photo 50 times until you find the right angle where you look the best to post a stupid picture on Instagram. Well, I know. We were talking about that, too, about like it being uh, different nowadays mm-hmm. to where you, you can... You are saying that you think that people can lie about or get away with lying about it for longer. People are way more malicious now. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, and I, you know, this would happen. People would be like, "Oh, hey, you know, here's here's my, here's here's my next door neighbor. She's your age, you know. She she likes guys like you. You need to give her a call." And I'd be like, "Well, what's she look like?" And they would give me, you know, some kind of general description that wasn't specific enough for me to rule out that they were attractive or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, like Michael Scott with uh, with Phyllis, Phyllis yeah. and her friend. Is she jolly? <laughs> Would you yeah? Would you would you classify her as sassy or jolly? <laughs> he's like, I'm pretty. Con- I'm concerned that you aren't answering. Uh-huh. Um, and even not knowing what they looked like, you know, when I would get them on the, I would call this girl and I, I I would get my voice a little deeper and I would try to talk like I, you know, <laughs> I was more manly and because I don't have I don't have a deep voice and so I would you know try to force this deep voice on him and I couldn't keep that up. No. But I would be expo- I would end up being exposed. But I would never lie uh-huh. if I knew I was going to meet the girl. I would never be like, "Oh, well, I'm, you know, I, I'm a big sports star. I'm five foot eleven and weigh this, you know, and I've got you know, whatever." I would have never lied about my appearance. Mm-hmm. But what we see nowadays is people think that the deep voice trick is equal to using filters and angles and all this shit with your photos like well it's still me in the picture yeah in it yeah it was me on the phone mm-hmm. but it was me trying to pretend to be a different version of me and that's what you're doing with tinders and photos and instagrams and and all of these things where you're portraying yourself on your social media persona yeah it's you in the picture behind 10 filters and four different angles and whatever the hell you're doing to make your nose and everything on your face disappear yeah and highlighting lights like you live under a halo ring Mm -hmm. whatever you're doing to hide that it's not you that's not you and they don't think it's that big of a deal Mm -hmm. but why i say it gets more malicious is is people take that a complete step further where they create a virtual persona that's not even them at all it's not a picture of them it's a picture of somebody else. else i know a complete person that they've developed you know I mean, that's, that's why shows like Catfish exist. Yeah. Because yeah. people are that malicious. You couldn't have done that when we were teenagers. Well, okay. So <laughs> me, and my, me and my sister and our friends, when we were young, and uh, I don't know why we, we would do this. I, I guess it was just like fun and something that girls do. I don't know if guys do it too or did it when we were that age or they were that age. But 
Um, do you remember Live Links? No. Really? What the hell's Live Links? It was like this uh, this dating uh, hotline type thing. Okay. You had to be eighteen to to call in. Oh, that was I remember the commercial. I was already an adult. Were you? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm six years older than you, so I was probably. So already we were an adult. probably like. 12, maybe. Yeah, so it would have been so 18. maybe it would have been 18. Um, but I remember the commercials of the girl, like, on the phone, twirling the cord, yeah. laying on the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember <laughs> yeah. now. I remember. Yeah. No, I never called Live Links. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we would call Live Links. I mean, and like I said, you had you had to be 18 to, mm-hmm. to call. And, like, sometimes we would get through and, like, we would make our voices different. Mm-hmm. Like, try to make them older, I guess. Right. <laughs> and, uh... And we would call and we would like talk to these guys on live links mm-hmm. and I don't know, like well, even when you did that, you probably pictured a very attractive guy in your head. Yeah. It wasn't some desperate <laughs> piece of shit dude that was a reclusive rat. And he probably was this <laughs> ugly, yeah, because guys that were good looking didn't mess Call around with it. Live links, or it was another teenager doing yeah. the exact same thing you guys were doing. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if, if dudes did that too. <laughs> but we did. Yeah. And I mean,. That's funny. Yeah. So I think that that kind of stuff has been around for a long time, even if it was just over the phone stuff and mm-hmm. not not the online catfish yeah. stuff. And oh, oh my gosh, I think there was this one time where we we thought that like, I think we gave the guy like our neighbor's uh, address uh, and stuff. And we're like, oh what if he gosh, shows what up? What if he really shows up? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. That reminds me. That sounds like Pin 15. Pin 15. I know. <laughs> totally. Funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's been going, uh, it's going, been going on for a long time. And I, and I, I brought up about, uh, even like the, with the whole voice thing and all that, like on, on the movie Friday mm-hmm. where Smokey's talking to, that girl's friend, you know, well, she says, oh, let me hook you up with my friend. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she wants to talk to you and this and that. Oh, you'll like her. And then he talks to her on the phone and he's like, oh, man, yeah, she says she looks like Janet Jackson. Well, because she says, I look like, I I look like, like Janet, Janet Jackson. Jackson. And she sounds all hot and mm-hmm. cute. And then he meets her and he's like, what the hell? Uh-uh. Yeah. No. <laughs> What's she saying when she pulls up? Because you see, like, the hat. She's got the hat and the weave, like, poetic justice Janet Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And she's like, ooh, ooh or something. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell? <laughs> well, like, so. Betty Jackson. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, <laughs> looks really do have a big role in who you, <laughs> who you want and who, who you want to pursue as your partner. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And, you don't have to act all high and, and mighty. mighty. You can say like, "No, I, it is important to me." Mm-hmm. And but I think you've said before that the the physical attraction piece is very important. But yes, the emotional attraction part is yeah. just as important. They are both very important. I, I just get tired of people trying to discount the physical attractive piece. Mm-hmm. That oh, you can't. You know, that that doesn't matter at all, and and vice versa. People say, "Well, you can't have you can't have a relationship if it's just about physical." 
well, okay, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But you can't just have a relationship when it's based on emotional either. I know. It has to have both. Mm-hmm. It has to have both. So you're not allowed to pick one side of the argument. You have to say that both are at least equally important. Mm-hmm. And over time and age and fading of beauty, yes, I will concede that those do happen. But that's where you start to see the shifts. But then there's also, you know, where I, mean, I understand that beauty fades. But I also think that someone be- can become more attractive to you, mm-hmm. too, as time goes on. But people want to think that somebody becomes more attractive than based on the physical connection. Yeah. Alone. Mm-hmm. Based on the physical connection. And that's where I go back to what I said earlier, that people will sacrifice the physical attractiveness piece because they think the emotional piece is so strong that it will overshadow the lack of physical attractiveness over time. Mm-hmm. And from our experiences, the people we know that have tried this, it does not work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Especially if one has the self-recognition that, or the feeling that they settled. Mm-hmm. I know. I think that's the biggest thing. And I do get irritated when, like, an unattractive guy, or I'm trying, like, a guy and a girl are equally on attractive levels, mm-hmm. and they make a great couple, and they perceive to have sexual attraction to one another. And then where he all of a sudden thinks he can do better. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like, no, dude, you can't. No. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Why do you think that? Stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> yeah. That is irritating. Yeah. So that yeah. drives me nuts, too. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's where, I don't know, I kind of thought about it after we finished it, the talking about the, the tastes, how they can change. I don't mean that once you're married. Yeah, I know. You're not allowed to. That we were just talking about cars. I don't mean go out and get with your wife and be like, well, you know, just like sets up the cars after five or six years, I need to upgrade and get a new one. I saw a new model walking around. That's what, that's the one I want oh now. Oh my gosh. That's not what I'm saying. No, no. Yeah, I know. You, you, and you as a couple, you should, you should grow together you and you that, should. That classic vehicle that. That never fades. That never fades and yeah. is still. You keep you keep up on the upkeep and yeah. put that new motor in it if you need to get that new paint job when you need to. Yeah, I think that's a perfect analogy. Yeah, stay for up that. on that. Because Nobody wants the old rust bucket with no wheels in the backyard. No. Well, Either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's true. But I think that the classic, the mm-hmm. classic car is like it withstands the test of time. It really does, and that's how you should take care of your your own relationship and your own physical attractiveness yeah Yeah. Uh uh-huh but i don't know i don't think i really have anything anything else to add to it do you no uh -uh. i mean i think that both is important yeah both is important i don't think love is blind no it's not it's not no (laughs) no you have to have that Mm mm-hmm But as always, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook. Oh, um, check out our new website. Our website, marriageontherocks.net. We just launched it last week, and yeah, we're pretty excited about it. It it looks good. We're getting a lot of good feedback. Lots of good stuff on there. Yeah. We've had people reach out. You can go in there and actually book a free consultation for some relationship coaching. We have our entire fitness stuff on there. If you need a workout routine to get ready for the summer, if you want meal guidelines to know how to eat, to bulk up and gain muscle or lose weight and burn fat, it's all on there. Supplemental stuff, check it out. Let us know if you have any questions or what you think about it. Marriageontherocks.net. Yep.
Yeah. But as always, thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.